Today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we check in with Hall of Famer and founder of Northland Fishing Tackle, John Peterson. John has been fishing Paul Bunyan Country waters for a lot of years and knows a lot of stuff. Great conversation with John Peterson coming up next. Got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Because the fishes all tremble at the thought of me. And when I'm fishing, Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. And speaking of Northland Fishing Tackle, excited today to talk to one of the greats in the fishing world, the uh, Hall of Famer John Peterson of Northland Fishing Tackle. John, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. Good to be with you there, Kevin. Well, John, we, we we're into June now. Uh, we really haven't had the June I think a lot of people anticipated, but um, what, what's been uh, your action this year? Where have you been fishing? What have you been going for? Well, it's been actually it's been a pretty good uh, pretty good spring. Actually, we're in a transition into summer uh, period right now. But the spring bite, you know, uh, for me, I fished a lot uh, in my re- uh, in my retirement years. I'm fishing more than ever, which is good, and I'm getting around to a lot of lakes. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a very productive spring. Uh, I've been to probably a dozen different lakes uh, within a more fifty mile radius of Bemidji and. And had really good fishing, primarily for walleye so far. I haven't, uh, I've fished bass a little bit, but uh, primarily it's been, been walleyes. I actually fished the last couple of days as well. And, but the water temperature is, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's moved up to close to 70 degrees between 67 and 70 degrees on most of our area lakes right now. And, uh, the fish are definitely in a transition period coming off the shorelines and, Going out on the, you know, the, the humps and bumps and drop-offs, uh, and scattered throughout the lakes. And, uh, and we're finding that, you know, once that happens, uh, you know, it's a little more challenging in some respects, but the fish do school up. And if you can find, uh, if you can find, uh, a few, there's normally more around. So, and again, once you get into the summer pattern, you know, one of the, uh, one of the best patterns that I found, the most consistent pattern for catching, uh, fish in general, not only walleyes, but panfish and bass and, uh, muskies or whatever, you know, is, is the, the weed beds, uh, the forage, the, you know, where they find cover, where they can hide and ambush their prey. And, uh, and these weed beds can be on the shoreline, but sometimes they're on the humps and bumps out, uh, you know, on, offshore as well and it's a matter of finding those isolated uh weed patches uh cabbage weeds that grow up uh you know some of them grow right to the surface they're very visible whereas others are only a foot or two off the bottom and you have to find them on your electronics or uh, actually snag one with your with your fishing lure to know that there's weeds down there but uh but a lot of our a lot of the fishing going on here the next couple months is going to be uh, you know, out lake structure. There's still fish on the shoreline, uh, but a lot of them, you know, move off the shore and find those points and, uh, you know, offshore. And, and they actually like to hang out near deeper water, even though they might be in shallower water, in you know, a water depths of, uh, 
and depending on the lake, you know, if you if you're on a clear water lake, and lots of our lakes are have become clearer over the past ten years or so because of the invasive species, you know, those fish uh, those fish can you know they're very spooky, and you have to either cast to them or be stealth stealthy, you know, in your approach. And uh, so those are just a few of the some of the basics about the transition from the spring period to the the summer pattern. What have you been using most of the time? The spring, the spring bite, especially if you want walleyes. I mean, it's pretty hard to beat a uh, you know a jig and a in a spot tail shiner. Uh, they are they are a natural forage in a lot of our uh, lakes around here, and the fish it's like an M and M little piece of candy to a to a to a walleye or a perch or to to a lot of game fish species. Uh, you know, obviously our our live bait has become very. Uh, it's harder to get nowadays. A lot, there's a lot more restrictions for the, you know, the uh, the bait dealers to secure their bait with all the rules and regulations on those lakes. So the uh, the cost of bait of live bait has become extremely high, and because of that, the there's been a lot of artificial soft plastic baits that you can put on a jig head, and uh, and catch a lot of fish as well. Uh, in most cases, you know, live bait will, uh, fresh, lively live bait will, will outfish a lot of the plastics under normal situations. But there's times that I've seen it. Uh, I, times I've seen it numerous times, in fact, where the artificials will fish right with live bait or actually outproduce it certain situations so but it's uh you know early in the season that uh, the jig and the minnow uh during the daylight hours and it seemed like there's a lot of people like to troll uh, hard baits like rapalas and that in the evening when the fish uh, are scattered on the shorelines and uh, there's not a whole lot of people out there so the fish are not real spooky and they can uh, go up there and troll in that that six to ten foot water depth you know, right before dark or just after dark, and a lot of them are uh, very good at it, and uh, they can always uh, get enough for a fish fry, it seems like. What do you anticipate as the next uh, next presentation we're going to have to uh, think about? Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's just typical transitioning to, to uh, you know, the summer period. Uh, the water's warmer. Uh, I can say the water temperature now is... Uh, uh, when I fished yesterday, I was on Big Lake, fished yesterday, and the water temperature was 68 when I got there, and I think it was close to 70 degrees when I when I left. Obviously, we've had a lot of warm weather here lately, and so our lakes are really starting to, to heat up. When uh, when the water temperature rises, fish are uh, they're, they're more active, and uh, faster-moving baits actually oftentimes will outproduce slow-moving baits, and that's why, like... Uh, uh, crankbaits, uh, rip jigging, taking a you know a jig and a soft plastic or a, a minnow, and instead of just dragging it on the bottom or just jigging it, uh, you want you want to jig it jig it more aggressively. And uh, there's a technique called snap jigging that really uh, triggers fish fish as well. Erratic, uh, quicker movements, and get a reaction. It's a reactionary uh, bites you're trying to get from the fish. So. Uh, Spinners, spinners with night crawlers is a real popular way of, uh, of catching, especially walleyes on the break lines and shorelines. 
Uh, and, you know, you're moving at a, you know, you're, you're trolling at a speed that's uh, probably not quite a mile an hour, uh, about 0.8 miles per hour. And just picking up speed, covering ground, and uh, and trigger, triggering with speed and enticing with a nightcrawler on the back or a, a piece of uh, uh, artificial nightcrawler work as well. And again, crankbaits, hard baits, so, uh, like the... Like the Rapala type, uh, they are highly productive as well, either trolled or cast. We do a lot of casting myself. Again, I'm a bass fisherman, multi-species, and uh, I like to I like to cast, you know, in and around the weeds. It's hard to troll around the weeds because you're getting hung up and your you know your uh, your bait is not working effectively. Uh, high percentage of the time. That's why casting is uh, probably more, uh, is much more productive in my view uh, in the summer period if you're fishing around weeds. Much, much more to come with John Peterson, founder of Northland Fishing Tackle and Hall of Fame angler. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. I'm Kev Jackson. Don't forget to get registered for the first ever Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by Coca-Cola of Bemidji. Very unique tournament. Perfect tournament, in fact, for this summer, of all summers. All you need to do is download the Fish Donkey app, find the United Way Tournament, and get registered. One $200 fee for your two-person team, and you're in two tournaments, a bass tournament and a walleye tournament. And yes... You can win both. First place in each division is $3,000. That's based on 100 boats. But you can fish any lake in Beltrami, Clearwater, and Hubbard counties. It's a lot of lakes. And you have three days to fish them from 7 a.m. Friday, July 24th through 2 p.m. that Sunday. It's catch, photo, and release. And the Fish Donkey app does all the work. You can get more details at unitedwaybemidji.org or download the Fish Donkey app. It's a great cause. It's going to be a great tournament. The Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by Coca-Cola, Paul Bunyan Communications, Hills Plumbing and Heating, and Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. And we will be talking with Dick Beersley later this week, get even more details on this amazing tournament. Right now, though, we are talking with John Peterson, the founder of Northland Fishing Tackle and a National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer. When we went to break, we were talking about fishing in the weeds. Weeds are very, very popular, John, obviously, because that's where fish are, all kinds of species of fish in the weeds, but it does scare a lot of people. Uh, what's some of your best advice for getting those lures into the weeds without getting stuck and getting fish instead? The best way to do it is don't get into the weeds, get on the edge of the weeds if you can, if you can do it. If you can find the weed edge, and, and, uh, and the best way to do that is... Uh, utilizing a pair of Polaroid sunglasses. Anybody that goes fishing without Polaroid sunglasses is making a mistake because you can see into the water another six, eight feet with polarized, polarized glasses over, you know, your regular sight. So you can see the weeds and the edges of the weeds and the little pockets in the weeds uh, much easier. And if you can uh, make your cast or work around those uh, those little weed clumps, that is the way to stay out of the weeds. And again, it's not uh, you're, it's not going to work all the time. You're going to get hung up. You're going to drag some weeds in and out, and it's kind of frustrating in a way. But after you do it enough times, and uh, and also standing up in the boat, 
you know, makes a big difference too. Having the the height and the visibility to, you know, to look into the water and uh, visually try to make accurate casts, you know, uh, in those weed pockets along the edge and pull the fish out of the weeds, even though they're laying, a lot of times they're laying right on the edge. They're laying in the weeds, but on the edge of the weeds. And they're just laying there in ambush uh, for something to come by that they can grab and, and forage on. So that's my best advice for fishing in and around the weeds. You mentioned uh, aquatic invasive species, and certainly we've seen some big changes on, a, on, on some lakes, uh, uh, particularly Cass Lake, I think, is the one that comes to mind most often to me. Um, what we have seen is it really hasn't changed populations any, but it really has changed the way they acted, and you talked about that a little bit. And that's a big challenge for anglers who you know have, have fished these lakes for a long time. And they've got to really rethink everything you know, where the fish are at certain times of year, it's just not happening anymore that way. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I uh, I, I was on Cass Lake uh, two days ago, went early in the morning with a, with a buddy of mine, and the first time I'd been actually on Cass Lake proper, and uh, I could not believe the clarity of the water. I mean, I fish over there, you know, two or three times a year, but this has been the first time I've been there this year, and the clarity of the water, you know, on the middle of June, I mean, you could see... It was a bright day. You could see bottom, visually see bottom in 15 feet of water. Those fish are extremely uh, spooky. And the best way to deal with situations like that is, is fish those clear water lakes, those lakes that have been highly affected by invasive species, which Cass Lake is, is one. You know, Leech Lake, most of our lakes are, are turning that way. Uh, is, is fish those lakes on the overcast and windy days when... Uh, it cuts the light penetration down, and those fish are not nearly as spooky. But if you run a boat over them in even 15, 13, 15 feet of water, uh, if there's not a whole lot of wind and you got a bright sky, you're going to spook those fish. They are that spooky, and uh, if they uh, if they know there's a boat over them or traffic, uh, they be you know they just have lockjaw. And another way to deal with that, those clear water lakes is is pinpointing some uh, areas that you know hold fish and cast to them. Either throw the anchor in and, and be real stealthy and cast to them instead of trying to run over them and, and, uh, and troll them up or to, to, to rig them up because they are, uh, because the, the clarity of the water, their visibility is too good and they do not make a lot of mistakes when they have good visibility. So that's my uh, best advice and also fishing earlier in the day you know when the sun is not bright and also later later in the day uh, evening early morning is the best way to approach those clear water lakes and uh, like you said kevin you got pretty much got to rethink uh rethink fishing on those clear water lakes that are are uh are difficult to fish and you have to pick the right days if you get a uh bright sky bright sky day and a cold front especially you know you're better off staying home mowing the lawn or doing some other chores than, than going on some of them lakes because you're going to be uh, disappointed and uh, oftentimes uh, more than not uh, of, of catching a few fish for the frying pan well let's talk about one of the peterson's favorite fish 
the bass. Uh, we got a great bass population up here. When are you going to make that uh, that move into the bass world? And uh, for those out there bass fishing, what, are they, what should they be doing right about now? Yeah. Oh, I've already made that transition as well. I fished them a few times. Okay. They are. Uh, they are. They are very willing biters, and we are blessed up here in northern Minnesota. We have so many good bass lakes, and a lot of people are not taking advantage of the sport of catching this great uh, game fish. And our lakes are are full of them. They're uh, they're willing biters. They're 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 fun to fish. They're sporty, and uh, there's not a lot of traffic, uh, you know, fishing them. So uh, they're they're easier to catch. But they're uh, all of the panfish and the bass. Those species are are done spawning now, or they're right in the tail end of their spawn in some of the the deeper, colder water lakes. So probably on the end of their spawn, uh, and they're a lot of them are still on the shoreline, and uh, they're they're moving they're moving offshore, uh, but a lot of them stay on the shoreline the whole year. And again, they they hang in those uh, heavy, deeper clumps of weeds, reeds, any kind of cover they can find to hide. Again, these fish know how to hide, and that's how they that's how they forage. They they hide, and then they they prey on the forage that comes by and. And it's easy for them to, you know, catch what catch what they're at, what they're after. But again, with bass, uh, you can catch them catch them a number of different ways. And uh, I like to catch them on uh, old swim baits, uh, weedless swim baits. That's really easy, just to cast and retrieve bait. And they're uh, it's a weedless worm hook with a swim bait. It's got a paddle tail on the back that that slithers through the you know the weeds and the cover. And you can fish them through the reeds, through through weeds, without getting hung up. Because again, if you're going to fish bass, they're normally in the weeds. And fishing weedless type baits, whether it's a a top water bait, a spinner bait, a spoon, a weed a weedless Texas rig, there's a lot of different ways of catching them. But they are they are fun to pursue, and they're they're willing biters, and I don't know, of all the, the species of game fish out there, I, over over the years, again, I love to fish them all, but the bass, uh, whether it's a largemouth bass, a smallmouth bass, a rock bass, or whatever, they are feisty, they're, they're, uh, they're fun to fish, they're willing biters, and uh, they're just really, really, really fun to fish. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. John Peterson is my guest today, the founder of Northland Fishing Tackle and a National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer. We'll have more with John in just a moment, but want to get you caught up with what's happening with the Lumberjack Fishing Team. We talked to those guys on Friday. They had their first student angler tournament trail event on Leech Lake Sunday. 134 two-person teams competed. There were several two-person tandems from Bemidji High School, six of them to be exact. And the highest performer was Jake Slough and Nick Meyer. They took 41st place. So they cracked the top 50 of 134. Tyler Simon and Logan Jensen also cracked the top 50. They finished 48th. Big day for Grand Rapids. They had three tandems in the top 10, including Alex Karanen and Noah Gratjan, who won it. Seven fish at 24.05 pounds. It's appropriate we talked about the Lumberjack Fishing Team because that's the topic John and I are discussing next. 
or in this case, now. My prediction is between five and ten years from now, when this uh, first generation of high school competitive anglers and college anglers are, are th- through and, and adults, we're going to see the number of bass angling um, bass anglers go way, way up in this state because that's what they're being exposed to now, and they're finding out how much fun it is. You are spot on, Kevin. That's exactly what's happening out there. The younger generation, they're, they're more uh, sport fishermen. You know, us, us older generation folks, you know, we were, you know, we grew up, you know, uh, fishing for subsistence. I mean, we wanted, if we went fishing, we wanted to bring something home to, you know, to eat, to feed the family with. And, and over the years, you know, that's, uh, that transition has changed. Now it's turned into more of a sport, sport fishing uh sport mm-hmm. and uh and this younger generation is uh is picked up on that and with all these fishing clubs you know starting now in the high school and the college leagues these are a, a bunch of uh, uh young men that are really really enjoying it they're good at it they're they're smart they they know how to use their electronics and the equipment and and they do a lot of reading and uh they're they are sharpies and uh and they're bringing that bass fishing uh, further north all the time. And, and once people really discover what we have up here, I think uh, people are starting to fish multi-species more and more all the time, which is good to see. It's, uh, it helps spread the resource, for one thing, and take some of the pressure off the, the walleyes and perch that most people prefer to eat up here and, uh, and spread it out with all the other good game fish that we have uh, in the north up here, the southern st- the southern states, you know, they don't have near the the resource sources of species that we have up north up here. And and every time I talk to a southerner that comes uh, up here to fish in Minnesota, they are just shake their head like, "Wow, you guys have great fishing here, and the species of fish you have, you are so fortunate to live up here in uh, in in Minnesota." That is so true, and there's no question about it. You know, one of the things that we we figured out. We think this is the 30th year of the show, and Northland's been with us uh, pretty much the whole time, and certainly you and Dwayne uh, were the ones that got this show going. And I remember even then, uh, both you and Dwayne, you know, concerned about that next generation fishing and that the numbers were going down. Um, I, again, this competitive fishing is is a big boost, I think, to to getting a, a generation of anglers just uh, just out there doing it, too. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. And it's so it was so great to hear this year the Minnesota licensed fishing sales. I heard a statistic just a couple days ago that that, that the state of Minnesota has sold over a hundred thousand more fishing licenses for Minnesota residents this year than uh, than in previous years. And uh, you know this is due to a number of reasons, obviously because of the pandemic and people being locked down for. For three months, they couldn't wait to get outside and, and do something that was healthy outside, and, and a lot of them decided to go fishing. And uh, uh, so that's that's one of the one of the reasons. But another reason is uh, it's just a it's just a healthy a healthy sport. And yes, we were concerned, and uh, there's still concern out there as the as the numbers of kids fishing nowadays has dropped dramatically. Uh, you know, fifteen to seventeen percent over the past. You know, ten or fifteen years, due to a number of different reasons, and uh, but it's slowly coming back. And uh, and I also heard that you know, with this 
uh, license sales up this year. A lot of those were, you know, were, were kids coming from kids from the age of, you know, 16 to, you know, 21 years old. Again, a lot of them weren't in school, so they were able to, you know, spend more time doing whatever they wanted to do in the outdoors where it was safe. And and uh, and they're hopefully that the kids that did pick up on that this year will will find up, find the value in fishing and uh, and continue to fish. Just one thing that uh, one thing about fishing, you can do it your entire life. One thing about some of these other sports, uh, playing athletics and everything, as much as we all like to play when we were young and active, uh, you can only do it for a few years, and you're you're pretty much done with it, unless it's golf or some of the uh, some of the sports like that. But but fishing is a great sport that you can do your whole life with all your family members, and and uh, it's just a healthy getting outdoors and. And enjoying, uh, especially here in Minnesota, cause we are we are so blessed with the resources that we have and all the beautiful lakes we have. We're just uh, one reason that I have chosen to live up here in the Bemidji area my entire life because it's uh, it's pretty hard to beat. Well, what I hear is you were quite a hoops player back in the day. Are you saying you can't mix it up with the ho- with the uh, basketball players anymore? Oh, I think I'm done with that. I tried. I tried. I played city basketball, and I, oh, yeah. And I played with my grandkids as, as, uh, uh, as, as long as I could. But, oh, yeah, I still shoot, shoot a few hoops in that, but I sure love watching the game and watching the kids uh, compete. Uh, I've always uh, loved uh, to play athletics and watch athletics, and uh, it's just uh, one of the delights I have uh I've had in my my life, and I'm going to continue to do it till as long as I possibly can. You know, John, uh, you, you talked about uh, golf and curling and fishing and, and, and sports that you can do your your entire life. Um, I think fishing might be the one uh, where even in your 60s, 70s, you can be better than you were when you were in your 30s and 40s. There's no doubt about that experience. You know, the gray hair and all the experiences if you that you've had if you could remember if you can remember them uh, <laughs> it uh oh yeah it, it does and it's something you can do uh you know you, you look at my brother my brother is, is uh always five four and a half five years older than i am you know and he fishes he actually fishes more than i do and him and his son they they, they won the they won the 50 boat uh northwoods fishing tournament on lake bemidji last weekend he's mm-hmm. he's passionate about it and just uh he you know he just loves it and he's good at it and and uh and he'll do it i know he'll do it until uh, well into his uh, mid 80s i remember going out with him quite a few years ago and and uh and he was a you know obviously a, a long veteran angler at that time and he still wanted to try new things and he still wanted to discover new things that's that's a that's a wonderful thing yeah that's a wonderful thing and that's one thing about fishing too there's it's so uh it's it can uh, fishing can be so simple if you want it to be simple. It is so simple. You can go out there with with a, a Snoopy rod and a, a, a sinker and a plain hook and a, some angle worms and catch all the fish you want if you set up in the right spot. Or you can, you know, like like myself or a lot of people that I know that are really into it. I mean, we we have more. We have a, a fishing rod. It's kind of like a like a golfer you got so many you got a, a club in your bag for every situation and when i go fishing i have a i have a probably six eight ten rod reels in my boat at all times and i'll i'll switch them up as 
conditions change, we're going to try things, we're going to keep on trying, and if they won't bite with one method, we'll try another method and keep on moving, and eventually you're going to find a combination, something that works, and uh, a lot of people are not willing to work that hard at fishing because it's supposed to be fun, but, you know, that's our fun in fishing is to is the challenge and try to figure out, you know, what what they want to bite on today, and it does it does change. It really changes with the weather, and uh, when these cold fronts come in, they get lockjaw. And when the wind goes out of the north or the northwest and blows, you know, fifteen to twenty five, thirty miles an hour, uh, those are the days that you just you're probably better off just loading the boat back up and go home and mow the mow the grass or do something productive and uh, wait for the weather to turn because. Uh, that's one way that our that the good Lord has protected our resources by bringing in those cold fronts in some of those days. Uh, they don't bite every day. Uh, you can always catch a few fish every day, but uh, that's the way that our resources protected. And uh, but some days you just uh, you go. It's, fishing is not all about catching fish. It's about enjoying your surroundings out there, the people that you're with and the water and uh, the birds and the critters that are living in the water, around the water, edge of the water, and it's just very, very, in, in my view, it's uh, very, very peaceful. John Peterson is the founder of Northland Fishing Tackle, a Hall of Fame angler, one of the best uh, I know of, and we're lucky to have him in town, and I'm so happy that he can join me on the show. It's always great to have you on, John. Uh, thanks for taking time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kevin, for everything you do for the community here. You've got a great fishing show, and you always uh, you always bring out the best in the, in the area for the Bemidji and surrounding area. Fish hail, Bob Barn, yeah, country, country.